Hey, it's Chris Cafaro. I'm a photographer. I shot Michael. I have a million stories and the photos to prove it. You're listening to NXS. Access all areas with Hayden and B. Dan automated the track at the track at the track at the track at the track. Dan automated the track at the track at the track. Welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in Excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Hello, welcome to Inexcess Access All Areas, episode 117 in the deep dive into this great band, get them in the Rock Hall of Fame, and do it with my compadre in crime, B. B, you're a little under weather today, so my job is to perk you up and maybe uh, for a rare time, do more talking. <laughs> is that a rare thing? <laughs> I don't know, because this, this week it's me on the topic, so yeah, it'll balance out, won't it, I suppose? Well, for the interest of declaration, we will say we have done a pre-record on your topic today, and we'll get thank to that a God. bit later, but uh, <laughs> thank God, yes. And B's done something very vain today. Uh, we're actually recording where I can only hear her and can't see her because <laughs> because if Rudolph if Rudolph the red nosed reindeer had a bright nose, you've exceeded by ten. Was it that bright? Oh, it was. I know. I was having delirious dreams, and I was like, "Oh yeah, thank God, yeah." And how Hayden Hayden knows and blah blah blah. And then I was like, "Shit!" And it was two thirty. We're supposed to have met up at one thirty. So I do apologise, mate. Thanks for waiting for me. I I am. Still in my pajamas. <laughs> what is, is it? The, the show goes on. Yes, and, and you know, I, I think I have about fifteen uh, early appearances to turn up for recording to make up for the amount of times <laughs> that uh, I'm in debit to your credit. <laughs> yeah, are you all right? It anyway, yes. Anyway, anyway. How, how was your in excess week this oh, week? Oh wow! Have okay. you been and picked up the books yet? I'm going this afternoon. I've texted Richard. I'm going to collect them at the time of recording and uh, uh, hope to uh, – I've got all my uh, – well, all the uh, 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 emails from you and Officeworks, and I had a little package arrive from uh, Coffs Harbour the other day with some lovely stickers in it. Yes. Uh, and, yes, yeah, so we're getting full full steam ahead, and as this uh, episode goes out, they should be uh, in the mail for all the lucky recipients. Okay. Well, before we go off air, um, remind me, I need to tell you a couple more names to add if Richard can mm. just quickly um, sign a couple more copies. Gosh, it's got, it got loads done, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. How many copies all up are we at? Mm, there must be nearly up to 20 now, so that's pretty good going for everybody. Thank you. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And look, for Richard, I guess I think he's, he was pretty stoked about uh, the support so far. And mm-hmm. uh, for those who have just joined our podcast series, Richard Lowenstein, the famed director of Mystify and all the video clips, uh, we have, uh, I guess, access to him to send out a book uh, that relates to, I guess, uh, the making of dogs at space, I think, isn't it, Pete? Yeah, the making of. Mm. Yeah, and behind-the-scenes information and anecdotes that uh, you can get an exclusively signed uh, book sent out to you. And uh, Richard will sort of uh, address it to yourself and uh, be happy to share and care for you. So how was your in excess week? 
Well, it's been pretty good. We, uh, I guess, in the interests of our listeners, we sometimes record and release episodes in different orders, and uh, uh, we can sort of let the listeners know we have already done our interview with uh, Nick Lornay, and we're sort of, well, you are, uh, through your uh, indelible editing, putting that together. But uh, it was a joyous experience, and uh, mm. B, uh, I think uh, during the uh, episode, I think you sent me a text saying, I want to marry him. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, not, so, no, no doubt about it. <laughs> so, so, sorry for the current Mr. B, uh, uh, but uh, yes, uh, 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 Nick was a uh, again a sweetheart, and uh, it's really interesting, B. Since we've started this series, uh, how many great people did oh. NXS work with? Not just in the work they did, but just mm -hmm. the quality people. This mm -hmm. seems to be go hand in hand, doesn't it? I didn't realise how young he was as well when he was actually um, producing with the guys, and that you know his quality of work that and and the, and the clients that he's had was exposed to as well um, amazing so it's the the talent and and just how nice they all are to one another as well and appreciative of each of us talents it's um yeah. all goes hand in hand yeah absolutely Absolutely, and uh, look, we are coming off, I, I guess, a, a really big in excess week for for the for the band, uh, the community, um, and uh, our little podcast that tried to chip in and be a part of it. But um, uh, there's still articles coming out be over the last couple of weeks, given it was in excess sort of day last week, which uh, I guess uh, it's starting to gain traction, isn't it? Imagine the 50th anniversary, uh, mm -hmm. uh, how that will be. We'll have to have a party for that one, won't we? We're still around. <laughs> 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 yes. Um, well, as the weeks unfold with the interviews that we've done, because you dropped off, didn't you, Mister? Your your internet let let you down at the end. Um, but there's some things that you need to know. I'm not going to get them out the bag yet. But as the um, ne over the next four weeks, you'll find out that we are up to something down in Wollongong around the 26th. So please save the date and see if you can make it down there. It's going to be a big event and. As, as it happens, as we find out more information, we'll let you know how that goes. Mm. Hey, Hayden, I, we, we, more so I, got a troll. Does that oh. mean Does that mean we're a celebrity now? <laughs> we're <at> celebrity <laughs> status now? Well, it's, look, we, we it, it is interesting. Um, I guess everybody goes through that experience. We haven't really encountered that very much, but oh. uh, uh, hello to you anyway. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, uh, what does a goat noise make? Because trolls are like goats, aren't they? Under the under the and uh, the goats the go over the trolls, don't they? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, hello to you. Um, uh, maybe well, uh, I don't think they're listening. I, okay. The, the Piss way... off to you. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, um, th th it wasn't very nice, but it made me. It did make me chuckle. I'm hoping yes. they only heard the first one, and that's what their review was on the first one. But yes. evidently, I don't say in excess, right? Uh, ah, well, you know. I say in excess, two words. Wow. Didn't realise that would upset well, so, people. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I, it's an acronym, so it's sort of like a bunch of letters and words coming together. But anyway, that's anyway, fine. That's fine. Anyway. But, but anyway, thank but, you, everybody else, for all your lovely reviews. We have I, can tell you how my, I can tell you how my in excess week has gone. Can I share something with you? Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Sean Lamoureux's podcast, The Hustle, and I went on to have a listen. And uh, I saw uh, he'd also uploaded the episode with uh, 
myself being on there representing the podcast. So mm. uh, I'm not into uh, listening to our podcast at Redley, but I did have a listen to John's to listen to us. <laughs> um, so uh, I found myself relearning what I mentioned. I go, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. And, but here I am talking about it. So uh, thank you, John, for uploading that onto your platform. And thank you again to Nick for, for that. And uh, we did cover a fair bit of terrain over two hours and 45 minutes, B. Oh, no. I know. Yeah. It's good. Uh, it's good. But so yes. it's been out on the airwaves three times now. Yes, that's right. And um, uh, I guess, you know, in, in your area, B, amidst all your work and everything you've been doing, how has your in excess week been? Um, well, I mean, <clears throat> last week, we, within 24 hours, we recorded and edited and did a, a massive two-hour interview. And um, I think it's not me sick. I haven't been well since. <laughs> Play that last bit again and cut out. <laughs> and I says I've been sick since. So, right, okay. so um, yes. I think I need to know my limitations. I really yes. do. I know that there's some um, lovely people that I've been engaging with, which I'll talk about later. But um, I believe that some of you, or I do know that some of you are waiting to become patrons. So can't wait for you to join. I don't know how much longer I can read all these lovely names out. There's so many, but here we go. Hayden, would you like me to read the patron list out? 100%. Over to the patrons. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Well, hello to our honorary members, Tim Farris, Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Richard Simpkins, Cameron Adams, Mary Woods, Darren Jones, and Paul Jolie. Our patrons, Carmen, Laurie, Carrie-Anne, Danielle, Sarah Markham, Sarah Camia, Dr. Jim, Katie, Lisa Mack, Anne-Marie, Susan P, Susan P, B, Foxy, Pedro, Mandy, Matt, Linda, Yvonne, Caroline, Amanda H, Amanda V, David, Tracy, Paul Bridges, Paul Buckley, Sandrine, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Val, Jim, Matey, Kelly, Jackie, Sean, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Laurel, Bard, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Yari, Laos, Heidi, Paula, Lisa, Jenny, Nancy, Juliet, Jenny, Scott, Anthea, Maria, Nicole, Tracy, Darren, Vernon, Jamie and Diana and our special mentions are to Sue D, Joe Robbins, John A. Vink, Michael, Glenn, Paul and Jay. Welcome to the podcast. That was awesome, B. Uh, look, it seems like a few of our patrons are upgrading to platinum and going from bronze to gold and all sorts of things. So uh, just remember, the the higher status you are as a patron, uh, the more access you get to content and information. And uh, a lot of our platinum uh, podcast uh, patrons have definitely been recipients of that, B. Yes, they have, actually. It's really good. Thank you so much. It really does help, especially when Hayden needs computers when he's been smashing <laughs> them. <laughs> well, this is true. Yeah, I, I, I'm, on using my, I'm using my computer for the second time outside our interview the other day today, and and headphones. So thank you. And you still uh, needing technical support. Well, correct. That's true. That's true. I had someone to come and help me align my headphones. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, what I would like to do, B, is we're going to hand over to the 
little bit of the intro for the topic. Uh, mm. And this was a topic that uh, we will go through after the news today. And uh, we, as I said earlier, did a pre-record, or you did a pre-record, with a gentleman called Chris Cafaro. Is that the pronunciation? That, that's right. Yes, yep. Chris Cafaro. So yeah. I'm going to let you introduce who Chris is and what you got up uh, in talking about before we go to the news. Okay, yeah. Well, um, very interesting man because he's been around a very, very long time, over 30 years of um, taking photos of um, portraits photos, mainly of musicians and um, athletes and um, actors, um, which leads us on to that, you know, he found himself um, taking uh, photographs of in excess and then led to taking a fantastic session with Michael, which we um, we go through the, the whole session of what camera he used and how Michael was feeling on the day. It was It's a really good interview, actually. Um, he opens up and I don't want to say too much, but the conversation with Michael that he had and passing on lessons and all sorts of things. So um, he's he's an interesting guy. Um, I'm going to open the interview with something he made me laugh with um, just to show you what sort of personality he is as well. Well, you know, a lot of these ones that you've gone and done by yourself, you know, I think with uh, Sean, I think from uh, to the Soup Dragons and others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, 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 a few of the uh, sort of uh, B ones, uh, I, I like to sort of just listen in as a fan, so I haven't heard it yet. So I'll be very, very excited to to listen in uh, just like our, our wider audience do. All right, Billy, what's it time for? It's time for the news. This is Manny from the UK, and here is the news. All right, B. Well, uh, I've got chock full of news here, and I, I guess given your slight uh, voice impediments today, I'm going to rip through the news uh, for you. Um, we're going to start off with some very, very exciting news, B, where uh, the charts, the album, the very best of, has gone back into the charts, which ah, probably I knew it would. Well, yes, it's gone from 64 to 45, and I thought it was ironic that oh, it hit 45, 45 in the 45 years, etc. There, oh, So all of these things. That's beautiful. Hmm. Correct, correct, and it's up to 383 weeks in the top 50 now, which is uh, extraordinary, and maybe there'll be a, a, a further little push now with a, a lot of goodwill behind it and also some of the reissues and things. Also, B, I had a bit of a look at our little mixtape battle this morning. Uh, you've gone one ahead. Uh, I think you're 369. <laughs> Funny number, the 368 well, to that's me. made me feel better, hasn't it? There you go. What, it's 69? <laughs> 69. <laughs> Sorry, this is... I won't uh, be so, commenting on that one on no, air. <laughs> 368. Uh, so one ahead in our little sort of mixtape uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, brouhaha. Um, in terms of gig, gig watch, uh, I'm going to rip through these, B. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a bunch of Andrew gigs over in America. So I guess if you are in the sort of Midwest and those areas of America, just g- Google Andrew Farris gigs. He's uh, everywhere there at the moment. Uh, the Inaccessive Boys, they're going to be playing uh, the 22nd of October. Uh, and they're going to be playing in the Mansfield Golf Club in uh, sort of regional Victoria. More importantly, they're back in about two weeks' time, B, uh, on September the 13th, back at the Lucky Garage again. So I might have to go back to that particular one there Mm -hmm. and see if we can uh, uh, get some access there again or I can burst into their dressing room. Equally, the uh, Live Baby Live guys, they've got a tribute show in Erina Leagues Club on the 10th of December. Uh, the Australian In Excess Show boys, they're back up at Ely Beach on the 26th of November. Uh, and the Don't Change boys are in uh, Brisbane at the Alexandra Hills Hotel on the 15th of October. Plus, I guess this is the Wollongong thing you alluded to a bit earlier, wasn't there? That's November. Or, 
Yeah. That's in November, correct. Uh, so we hope to be involved with that. Um, also, too, as I said a bit earlier, there's a lot of articles uh, this week given sort of the uh, international coverage of uh, In Excess Day, but uh, there's an interesting one I posted on our Messenger platform, B. You may have seen it. It was called Michael Quotes or Michael in Quotes. Oh, I and, loved that. Yeah, it was in yeah. the Discover Music sort of uh, under the banner of Discover Music uh, publication. Uh, and it was, it was sort of authored by Mike. When you read through it, all, it's all about Michael. And because he's no longer with us, it felt like he was with yes. us when I was reading that too. Mm. Also, too, there was a good article in a, a publication called Prague Morning, as in Czechos, the old Czech Republic. And it was talking a little bit about Never Tear Us Apart, uh, the Charles Bridge where the clip was shot in uh, the lesser town, um, and just some little facts about that, which were quite interesting to read. Mm-hmm. Also, too, uh, Honolulu's uh, 107.9, I think a radio sort of uh, dial there and a public Publication. There was a really good uh, article in, I think, in the uh, publication called Decades. Uh, there was a good read on the band and just some of the uh, the reissues and things as well, with a few extra little facts in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, also, too, last week, I think Timmy had a little bit of a two minute 30 uh, plug on Triple M. Is that right, B? Yeah. <laughs> did you listen to that? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah. <laughs> little, little, little nugget from Tim, Tiny which was great. Little one. Yeah. Yes. Tiny uh, Tim. Correct. <laughs> Also, big shout out to John Stevens, uh, obviously the seventh member of the band. He's a, a an ambassador for the Heart Foundation, where he had a, a big bypass operation in the early two thousands and, uh, well, maybe about two thousand and eight or nine, I think. Which uh, you know, I guess he's become a, an ambassador for them. And uh, John's uh, still touring around Australia with a lot of the NXS stuff as well, uh, which is great. A um, couple of happy f- uh, birthday bees. Happy birthday, Suicide Blonde, and happy birthday, Not Enough Time. Mm-hmm. They were all anniversaries this week mm-hmm. uh, upon, uh, you know, their uh, original, uh, you know, dates of uh, issue with singles. Uh, uh, obviously, Suicide Blonde in 1990 and Not Enough Time in 1992. Uh, that coincide with the Olympics at the time. And lastly, uh, Max Q, uh, I know you mentioned it last week, B, about the reissue. I uh, did a bit of research, and uh, obviously the Super Deluxe Edition um, uh, has come out. And I did notice in going back and doing a bit of research that Chris Murphy was quoted, look, it's not coming uh, sort of at the time coming out back then, but the rights are in transit. And um, I guess we would love to see a more fully-fledged Ollie Olsen-endorsed product. But, um, um, yeah, uh, it's good to see that that album still has a life to it Mm, i have got a bit of news on that yeah anything you want to add i don't know if it should be aired or not but um ollie's suing oh Mm. good good Mm. good yeah as as you just said yeah, mm. if, if, if it is and he owns some rights and things attached to it, good on him. If it goes good against Colin Diamond, mm-hmm. we will uh, we will lobby support for you, Ollie. And um, I believe that name has come out as well, yes. Yeah, mm. yeah. well, that that's fine. We'd love to turn around and uh, support him on that pathway. And, mm. hey, you know what, imagine, all the, imagine if it was a big legal case and it had lots of uh, court appearances and the album suddenly became sort of yes. part of the zeitgeist. Well, that's it. But, you have to turn these things around like a bloody trial. <laughs> correct. Fantastic. So go, Ollie. We're team. Ollie on this one, aren't Team we? Team Ollie, yes, we there are. There we go. I wish I was a bit more spunky <laughs> today. Yes, that's okay. But that's the news. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Tim Farris. Well done, Hayden and B. You've made my brothers and I very proud of what you've achieved so far. A big hello to all your listeners and NXS fans. Well, uh, really excited to handball over to you with the topic. Uh, you've done a little bit of an intro earlier, but uh, I guess out of 10, uh, how did you find this Chris interview? Oh, um, out of 10? Oh, 10. 
10. It was great. <laughs> really good fun. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, no pressure from our listeners. We hope you enjoy it. Take it away, B. Come on. Well, I had a great time with Chris. I hit record and he was off. And he's he's so funny. And this is just a great um, intro into his personality. So um, I hope you enjoy this, guys. And I'll hand over to Chris. Because I'm a smart ass. I'm a sarcastic, sick fuck, as my friends say. But when people ask me, what was Michael like? I'm all like, the guy was an asshole. The guy owed me twenty dollars and never paid me back. And they're like, "Don't say that." And then they'll be, then they'll be like, "What was George Michael like?" Oh, the worst, you know. And then they all go crazy. They're just like, "We're gonna kill you, Chris." <laughs> happens to me all the time. And so far from the truth. Yes, very far from the truth. There's a young lady called Erin that um, introduced right. you to In Excess or introduced you to Michael for this shoot. Is that correct? Well, okay. So I'll, how about I just give you a history lesson on how this all oh, happened? Oh, I would love a history lesson. Thank you. I'll, I'll start from the beginning. So basically in 1988, I was touring and doing George Michael's Faith Tour. And if you remember that, we were in Australia, I think in March of 20, uh, 1988. I got home and everything. And in that time, I got asked to shoot in excess for the record label and to go meet the band up in Ottawa, Canada to shoot them for a couple days. One of my bestest friends in the music industry was a publicist named Kathy Watson. Kathy was good friends with the band and had known Michael for years. And her one of her best friends was Martha. Do you know Martha? Martha Trope? Traup? Trap. Yeah, yeah, I can never pronounce her name right. But yes, so Martha was one of her best best friends and uh, so I got to know, I got to meet Martha and know Martha and Martha ended up, you know, hiring me to go to Canada, to go shoot the band. So I spent a couple of days shooting in excess. So from there, you know, fast forward years later, uh, my bestest friend and right, she was a writer in, uh, for a lot of music magazines and magazine was Aaron Cully. We, we did, we were like partners in crime. Like we were like Butch casting the Sundance kid. <laughs> I would do pictures for an art, a magazine. She would write the article. It was Excellent. like, we just, we went all over Seattle to do things. Mm-hmm. We went all, all over things. Uh, you know, all sorts of things that we did together. So she was the music editor for Detour Magazine. And then she calls me up one day and says, I got a shoot with Michael Hutchins. We got an interview. Do you want to do the shoot? And I'm all like, yeah, hello. (laughs) I haven't seen Michael since 1988. Let's do this. And so she's like, sets it up and we go to Studio 46 and my favorite studio I was shooting at at the time. And we did the shoot. And Aaron, who was, she wrote the interview. I can send you a copy of it if you ever want it. Well, um, it's in your book, isn't it? Well, not the whole thing. I don't think oh, really? the whole article's in it. Oh, yeah, okay. you know, there's a lot. But it's quite So, big. yeah. So basically that catalog and that exhibition I did in 2019 was basically one session and the photos from that session. It wasn't like multiple sessions. It was one session. It's the first and only time I've ever done that. And honestly, it's the, it's the only session I can think of that I can actually do. There's so much material there that I can make, I could have made an exhibition out of it. Like everybody else I would say I shot, I could say Iggy Pop or George Michael. There's not one session where I can do a whole exhibition from. So, and Michael, we all know was special Mm -hmm. and, um, and I've talked about him for years. 
how long did this session go for? It looked like a whole day because it's just yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, Did it, yeah. You, you know, those days, it's so funny now how photo shoots have changed and I have changed a lot, right? But those days, you know, because it was film, right? And because it was, that was slower. It wasn't digital. You weren't going shooting a bunch of shots and then, walk, you know, mm. you, you, and then we had, you know, you, you, I know he's wearing jeans and a t-shirt, but we had a stylist bringing those jeans and a t-shirt. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so you had, you know, and the leather jacket he wears and some of it, you know, and the shirt and, you know, so um, that shit was probably, I have to look at my records exactly, but it was probably like, you know, I'm, I'm guessing I probably, he probably showed up around noontime and we shot to three, four o'clock. So okay. I'd say, you know, four to five hours max. Yeah. But what was great was because he was friends you know, I kind of, I knew Martha loosely and I very well knew Kathy very well that it just made it easier. Cause you know, when you, it, it, when these kinds of sessions, when you, there's common ground, then the, then the artist can relax because yeah. otherwise they don't know who I am. And he didn't, it's not, he remembered me from 1988. So it was like, you know, it was just like, it made it easier when like, oh yeah, Kathy's my friend. And he was like, oh, that's my friend. And then I knew uh, we had other mutual friends in the music industry that we knew and stuff. So it made it really, really easy. And, and knowing Michael, he would have known your work because he would have seen a lot of your stuff in yes. the Ro Rolling Stones. And um, yep. what are the other exactly. magazines? You've been in lots of oh, magazines, God. haven't you? A lot um, of them. Spin, yeah. you know, Spin. it goes on musician, yeah. you name it, a lot of them. And a lot of album covers as well. Yes. Yeah. I've done over 200 packages is what we call Whoa. it. Whoa. So, but it's like, it's crazy is that like, you know, I talk about that exhibition, doing that exhibition in Sydney in 2019, I was so proud of that. I tell people all the time, right? You know, that like that I had this one session became an exhibition and I thought it was presented really well. Um, Tally at the gallery, Blender Gallery, I think she did a good job. I know she worked real hard at it. I think it was the photos are beautiful. The the big ones were amazing. There's still a couple leftovers. There's still a couple big ones left over. It was just a beautiful, magical afternoon for me. Um, <laughs> so um, apart from the parking, <laughs> trying to park in Bondi, oh my God, the lanes are so tiny as I well. Know. Anyway, I managed that. And then clipping down the cobbles on the high heels to get to you. But yeah, yeah, the impression you got as soon as you walked in, you had, I mean, how big were some of these pieces? They, they took up a whole hallway. I think we did six, I have to look at my records but we did mm. six big big ones and they're like they're big they're big you know that was my third exhibition in australia okay i think those photos have become iconic oh. to michael yes you know i think there's a lot of photos out there that are that are you know you know of michael hutchins mm. but i think these are more and more becoming iconic to michael hutchins michael's brother Rhett, has reached out to me i'm actually going to meet him in person he's coming into la soon oh good and yeah, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, well, Rhett's in a good place right now. He's just done a podcast, actually, a couple of weeks ago, Beth. Yay! Um, yeah, I think he's just a little bit more open and talking a bit more um, and relaxed. Like yeah, I think yeah. he's come to peace with a few things. So that would be a nice conversation that you'll have with him.
so much talk about that exhibition because there's so many different pictures and styles that you brought out in Michael. The, the one with his top off, obviously. Um, yeah. Very uh, Jim Morrison. Was that from that sort of style? No. That- well, what's funny is before I saw this is you're funny you say that because before I saw NXS live, I'll be honest, I liked NXS when their first couple albums came out. I, I got it. I understood it. But I'd never seen them live. And then in 1988, they start the North American tour for kick. Yeah. And I, I still play kick to this day. There, I don't think, I don't think there's a couple months that go by that I'm not playing kick. I, I love that record. And, 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 uh, you know, I, so, so what's weird is I remember he got compared to Jim Morrison a lot in the early days he did. Uh, here in the States. I don't mm-hmm. know about there, but in the States he did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? I didn't get it until mm-hmm. when I shot the show in Ottawa, Canada and saw him live. Then I went, oh, I get the Jim Morrison thing. Now yeah. I see it, you know, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not, I mean, I, you compared me to Jim Morrison. I'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. Thanks. If you have to compare Michael to somebody, it would be him. It's not that yeah. he is exactly like him. He's just no. got the charisma and the looks and right. the rock God. Well, I, you know, so in the, in the documentary that I did the interview for, uh, is it called the last rock star? They used my pictures all over it. The, the producer's a friend of mine. So I, I helped them oh, out okay. a lot and I, yeah. I, I was giving them being nice to them. But in the interview I told them, and it's in the show is I talk about Michael having what I call the it factor. Yes. You, you people in life. And I, you know, I've been shooting now for 52 years. Okay. 52 Excuse my French, fucking years. So, <laughs> and you look amazing. <laughs> thank you. But so, to some people in my career, you meet, you meet them, and they just have this it factor, this thing about them. Mm. I don't have it. I'll never have it. But my goal is to capture it. So, when I meet a Michael, you, you can see within five minutes he has it. So, I could say the same for an Eddie Vedder. I can say Kurt Cobain, Iggy Pop. You know, I could drop names for days of people that have the it factor. Mm-hmm. And what I found early on in my career in the early 80s, when I started meeting these people, when I, the first time I shot George Harrison, I was it was like heaven because I was a yeah. Beatles fanatic. And mm-hmm. and he just in the room, he, he just there not saying a word. It's like, oh, you know, <laughs> the soul that's just surrounds him. But it's like those people have it. And Michael had it. So I always tell people as a photographer, I was taught early on in life as a career, but like is to let just get out of their way and just point the camera at them and let them be themselves. And that's what I did in that session. There's just me just going, Michael, stand here against the white background and and let's go and go. And he just is Michael. And you just just, just click, click away and you, you hope you don't miss it. Yeah, yeah. I suppose also what was good with, with Michael is he's, he's had his photo taken so yes. many times as well. So he felt comfortable himself in front of exactly. the Exactly. Mm. And those are like, those are the artists. But, you know, through my career, again, I can name names all day long, is that there's some artists, though, they just have it. I mean, it has, it, I don't, it, it, there's an it thing. That, like I said, I don't have it. I'll never have it. I've yeah. been blessed to be around it, but I... <laughs> I, and I like to capture it, but I don't have it and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, but I've captured it. <laughs> it's, it is funny, isn't it? Like I always feel awkward when there's a camera around and yet my 15 year old daughter, you put the camera yeah. to her and she's like, how, how did you different know how generations. to do that? It is a yeah, different just, generation. Just so you know, a, a friend of mine, 
an hour ago just posted a picture of me on his Instagram feed and I, I almost threw up. I was like, well, don't do that. I was so mad at him. He's so all my friends are now making comments and jokes about me. That's I was I never get in front of the camera. Well, not never, but I didn't for a long time. OK, well, I won't I, screenshot us then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, no, but it's like I always tell people it's not this. Is not I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating with any story. I tell people I say it all the time. Any story I bring up. I can, I have pictures to prove it. But the one thing I can prove is that when I was a kid, when I started taking pictures at the age of 10, from that point on, I didn't let people take my picture okay. and I didn't like it. And so my parents couldn't prove I existed because they had no photos <laughs> of me. But I, I, I would slowly let things go here and there. And then when I started the greatest hits project 12 years ago, I, we started doing shooting a documentary, which we're working on now. And everybody said to me, you know, you, if you're going to do a documentary, you're going to have to be in front of the camera. Yes, you and are. I, my answer, my answer was, no, I don't. I can hire Brad Pitt to play me. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they're like, Brad Pitt looks, Brad Pitt looks nothing like you, Chris. I go, that's the idea. <laughs> and you can just actor. narrate over it, I suppose, if you wanted to do that, couldn't you? Back to 10-year-old Chris. Yeah. So 10-year-old Chris, how did a camera end up in your hands? How did that happen? Okay. So I'll make the short version of a long story. <laughs> so when I'm I'm nine years old, I think I was in sixth grade. I was in sixth grade, nine, ten years old. I'm in sixth grade. My mom loved musicals and movies. So she would let if I was sick, I got to stay home and watch movies. Or if I didn't, if I wasn't sick, if a movie was on, she would let me sing. She loved musicals. At nine years old, she played the movie Roman Holiday for me. Oh, Audrey, Audrey Hepburn. Mm, you know, wonderful. so at nine, I fell in love with Audrey and she was everything to me. I thought we were going to get, I thought I was going to meet her and get married at like 10. <laughs> I don't know what happened. So then I saw at 10 years old, I saw the movie Funny Face with uh, Fred Astaire and Audrey Hepburn. And Fred Astaire was a photographer and he was, you know, the character was based on Richard Avedon. So I saw that and I said to my mom, I was in sixth grade and I asked her if I could borrow her little brownie camera mm. And on a summer, a week camp I went to. And I took one roll of film, came home, she went and had a process, gave the pics back and I loved it. I yeah. thought this is the greatest thing Magic, ever. Magic, isn't so, it? Yeah, and seventh grade had the option to take photography class. Took photography, Mr. Kitajima, and so I'm, I'm 10 years old, 11, going on 11. I literally he took my first roll of film with 35 millimeter. We processed the roll of film. We made prints, and I said to my I said to my family, "I'm going to be a photographer for the rest of my life. This is it." Wow, you knew straight away. That's it. I started my business at 12, and I had clients at 12 years old, and ran around and ran a business. So. It, the, you know, and I was telling an entrepreneur like, as well as a photographer at the age of well, 12. As I wow. like to, so <laughs> the side story to all this is that's the nice version. Now the, now the crazy version is this. When I was five years old, I discovered Playboy magazine. <laughs> I like this already. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know what I was looking at, but I knew I liked it. Mm -hmm. Whatever it was I was looking at, I thought this is interesting. So when I started taking pictures, I immediately at 10, 11, 12 years old, wanted to, to shoot girls. And so I started shooting models at 12. I started subscribing to Playboy at 12. 
And I started trying to get girls naked at 12 and I didn't shoot naked girls till I was 17. And then, uh, but I just love girls to this day. It's all I shoot these days. I just love shooting girls. It's a beautiful body, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing to look at. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I, it was always, so I moved to LA when I was 20 and my boss said to me, my new boss says to me, what, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be a fashion photographer. And he, and he looked at me, he goes, you're in the wrong city. You got to go to New York. And he goes, you know nothing about fashion. I go, I know, but I know a lot about models. <laughs> he, goes, <laughs> he goes, we know why you're here. And so like, but you know, I always tell people I, it was all part of the, the journey of mine. Looking back on it all now, I can tell people there, everything happens for a reason. I am where I am today because of all that. So in, what guided you into the music side of it? Because so in is, high school. Because predominantly you are music, even though you, you have taken a lot of that's photography. What you, that's actors. what you think I am. And no, that's what I want. But that's what I want people, people to people think I am. Think. Okay. So. Uh, I can so, see those gorgeous photos <laughs> behind you, mister. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. So basically, um, so in high school, I used to sneak my camera into concerts. I, I lo- next to photography, music's my passion. Oh, okay. And um, I, I basically, if I could be, if I could be, you know, Jimmy Page on guitar, or you know, you know, a singer, you know, a singer, I would have done that. But I have no talent. So I used to take my camera to concerts, and I grew up in the hood. So I grew up on R and B music in the '70s and disco. I grew up on, I, you know, I had rock and roll because of my brother my oldest brother and I had all that, but my, my music was R and B. I grew up on earth, wind and fire and the Commodores and Rufus and Chaka Khan. And go down the list. I go down the list. It's my, my, all my hip hop friends, they can't get, they can't get over what I grew up on. They just freak out. So when I got to LA, the first like three, four years I'm here, you know, I'm trying to figure things out while I'm working at a black and white lab and it's the best black and white lab anywhere. And I'm meeting all the top photographers in the world at that time. And so having conversations, getting to know some of them, getting advice. And then um, I was shooting Playboy Playmates for fun and models for fun, you know, so that that's where I was going at that point. I knew I had to get into the entertainment business like movies and television and music, but I didn't know how and what it was going to be. And then one day I tell people this story. I've told the story a million times. You can go to my website, <laughs> but I was shooting this playmate friend of mine. Her name was Karen and she, her boyfriend at the time was Keith Forsey, a record producer. And Keith was, I don't know if you know who Georgia Maroder is, record producer he produced donna summer he basically invented disco yes so keith was his protege and keith produced billy idol huh? and the soundtrack to breakfast club and a bunch of other things lots yeah. and lots of things. so her that was her boyfriend so i asked her one day can i take his portrait so she set it up went up to the house for a couple hours took this guy's portrait i can show you it but i made a promo card out of it little card with my name and number on it sent it out to all the magazines and I got a call back from Musician Magazine in Boston Clever. to ask me to do a shoot for them. Yeah. And I said, sure. Yeah. Okay. You know, did the shoot with this famous jazz piano player. I was like, this is great. You know, I think I can do this. And then a month or so later, they asked me to do a second shoot. 
and the second shoot was was Maurice White, the leader of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Wow, that must have been cool for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, it's, I, I could have died the next day. I bet. Hmm. So. Earth, I saw Earth, Earth, Wind, and Fire six times when I was in high school. They were gods, still are my favorite band of all time. Yeah. So I'm like, are you kidding me? Maurice White. They're like, yeah. So I go, we do the shoot. He's the nicest guy can be. I'm like 25, 26 years old. I'm like, I die. it was like the winning the lottery. And he says to me at the end of the shoot, you know, I'd love to see the pictures. I said, I'll bring them up to you. You can look at them before I send them off. So a couple of days later, I go up to his house in Beverly Hills and we sit down at his house, him and me, wow. no one else. <laughs> and I'm telling about the shows and he remembered them. And I said, you know, you know, I saw you on New Year's Eve and da, da, da. So we talked the whole day and he's the nicest man in the world. My, my hero is talking to me. I'm hanging out with my hero. That, yeah, that's awesome. So awesome. I I'm driving home and I'm crying like a baby oh, and I'm just like, I want to shoot music for the rest of my life. I want to shoot all my heroes. And, and the fact so that it that, felt easy as well. It, it yeah. feels like well, it's the right thing to do to carry on. Doesn't exactly, it? Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And it's like, I tell people all the time, there's, I'm very, I've always been very confident in my abilities and in my, cause I started so young and yeah. I've always been a, um, Besides being a smart ass, I'm very confident in my talent and my business ability. I'm not confident in myself as a person, but when it comes to my work and everything, I tell people, fuck off. Like, I know what I'm doing. Doesn't yeah. Even at like 10 years old, I'm like, fuck off. I know what I'm doing. You're a confident, you're a confident man. Yeah. And, and I like the fact that you're not going to say, I was just looking, I was in the right place because you no. actually made it happen. You made the contacts. You were a clever, I... clever bunny by the sounds of it. Yeah. But the day I moved to Los Angeles, I, I, like I said, I started so young and was so serious. When I was 12 years old, my goal was to shoot the cover of Vogue. That Ooh. was it. When I was 10, my goal was to create the greatest body of work I can in my lifetime. And so far I've done that, nice. but I'm still waiting for Vogue to call me. I'm desperate for that to happen. That's before it's got too late. to happen. That's got yep. to happen. So, but I tell people like I've been driven, I've been married to my work. It's my wife. I, I've been driven like nobody. When I, the day I moved to Los Angeles, I told my boss, there's not a fucker in the city or anywhere that will outwork me anywhere. No one will outwork me. If you tell me Annie Leibowitz is working 12 hours a day, I will work 14 and tell her to get out of my way. Have you so, met her? Uh, once a long time ago. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, I just, I'm a belief, I'm a, I, I mentor 50 people these days and I'm a, I yell at them all every day. It's about doing the work. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can have dreams and I have big dreams. I have audacious goals. I have all these things my whole life, but you got to do the work. And it's mm -hmm. one thing I don't lack is the work ethic. That's all I do every day of my life is work, but it's not work to me. It's what mm -hmm. I do. It's who I am. It's not yeah. a job. It's not a career. It's who I am. Yeah. It's, 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 it's your life. Yeah. It's, it's the thing that that's driven you and you just continue can to do and it. And it's like you, when you, when you go see an exhibition, like you saw Michael Hutchins, right? Oh, it's so I like to tell people all the time, you're looking at these great photos of Michael Hutchins, but what you're not seeing is that's my soul up there. Mm. And if you want to get to know me, just look at my work and you'll see what it's, you'll see who I am and all my work, like all my work. Yeah. You got a plan. Plan ahead. I got a plan that'll make you a star, make you go rich, make you go far. Talk about just the Mike Hutchins exhibition was that then opening night, 
how many people did I saw crying? Yeah. You know, a lot of women were crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of tears that night. I, but I knew they were tears of joy and sadness. I knew they were appreciating the photos. They saw that I captured his soul. You know, I captured the it thing. And that gives me so much joy. I tell, you know, when I'm doing press or I'm doing, I'm like right now, I'm in the process of trying to find some sponsors and stuff. I tell them my work makes people feel, yes. makes them feel good, makes them excited, makes them feel sad, whatever, but it makes them feel. I yes. take pride in that. A lot of people, you can look at photos all day long and just whatever, but these make people feel. And so the exhibitions are really, really important to me. Very important. And you say a documentary is going to be happening. Well, so when we started the project 12 years ago. The, the project as in um, the greatest, greatest hits. hits. Yes. Greatest hits. So great. I'll, I'll, again, I'll, I'm telling you a short version of long stories because could, we could be here for days. <laughs> but it's like, so I, 12 years ago, I lost the most important person in my life, my business manager. She, I had her for 25 years. She was my mom basically for 25 years. This woman made me what I am today. And I lost her to cancer 12 years ago. And it was the biggest loss of my life still is. I, I spent a year just confused and lost and sad and depressed. And, and I came out of it with this, you know, everybody knows my pictures, but nobody knows who I am. You know, I never looked for attention ever in my life. I let the pictures do the talking. I'm old school. I'm, I normally I would never do 10 years ago. I would not do something like this. I would just let go. You want to know me? Go look at my, my photos, yeah, you know, kind that, of a that thing. Is who I am. So mm -hmm. losing her was my inspiration for greatest hits where I said to her out loud and in, 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 in my heart, I just said to her, I'm going to go out and prove you right. I'm going to go out and prove you right. You loved me. You believed in me more than anybody. She was the first person to love me. She's the first person to teach me about love. She's the first person to teach me about everything I know about everything. So I said, I'm going to go prove you right. I said, I'm going to prove that you were right to believe in me and love me. So that's been my motivation since day one. Cause she used to always, she managed a bunch of other photographers, but she loved me. She had my childhood photo on her desk. She oh. was, I am your mom. And in 25 years, I never got one ounce of pity. She was tougher than any, you couldn't believe how tough she was on me. It was tough love times a hundred. And so I've spent the whole time. So two years into it, my friends are like, you got to document what you're doing. You got to document what you're doing. So I went and talked to people and I said, let's do this. I love the idea because the goal, the original goal was five exhibitions around the world. Five. The last one was going to be in New York City. I wanted to do, I still want to do the last one at Madison Square Garden. That was going to be the documentary, the journey, the journey of getting to Madison Square Garden. So when COVID hit, because we've been filming since then we've been filming everything every exhibition gets filmed everything we do gets filmed so with COVID happening we had to readjust and rethink and so we just started i'll send you a you can go look at our teaser but we're now turning it into a tv series we're going to try to pitch to netflix really and stuff. oh my god yeah. that would be fantastic so you you did the greatest hits which was like um like a montage of a lot of your stuff and then you've done individual ones and michael was right a greatest so that's hit. what happened was originally mm. it was going to be the greatest hits is these 100 photos they're my right. greatest hits the 100 best black and white Got photos you. yeah but after I did that big exhibition in 2017, and it was big, it was the biggest one yet. We had thousand people on opening night. It was insane. After that, it was like, everybody's like, you got too much. You can't do this, you know, and, and it's, so we started doing the theme shows and then 20, 
2017 to end of 2017, I did a called Greatest Hits Martini Ranch was was a, a, about a band I shot in, in 1988 with Bill Paxton. That exhibition went off amazing. Then in 2018 in Australia, I did the first Greatest Hits George Michael. That one was huge. Mm-hmm. The The gallery became Mecca for George Michael fans. Oh, yeah. um, then I went back and did grunge there. Uh, and then I did Pearl Jam here. And then I went back and did Michael Hutchins. And now it all stopped because of COVID. But now, now we're getting fired up again. And so starting in September, this September, we're doing Greatest Hits Jane's Addiction here in L.A., then I'm doing Greatest Hits Budapest in Budapest. And in Budapest, we're doing four different exhibitions, different types of exhibitions in one week. How so, exciting. And How then can I, to you, Budapest? <laughs> well, you don't have to because the goal is I'm going to come to us back to Australia at the beginning of November. And we're doing we're doing Greatest Hits Top 40 in Melbourne in November, Greatest Hits Top 40 in Sydney in December. And then another exhibition in January. You have I'm- just made so much sense. <laughs> do, do you realize it's going to be 25 years that Michael passed away in November? I know. I know. I know. You've and given me this, a, a on my whole way rush. Back, oh. I'm not done yet. I'm not oh done. God, on the way back shopping. from Australia. <laughs> on the way back from Australia, I'm stopping in New Zealand for the first time and doing Greatest Hits New Zealand. Oh, and Yeah. So, and then I come back at hopefully mid-February and then in March, we're planning and going to try to do his greatest hits Dubai. Whoa. So I have six months of crazy. You do and have I'm six months of crazy. Day. Let's just hope it for a while. I no, I mean, but I want to be back. Happens. I miss Australia so much. <laughs> you make me laugh when you were here. Every day you'd get up really early and you photograph your breakfast at Bondi Beach. <laughs> I, was, I was intrigued. Like, what is he eating today? <laughs> well, kind of the same thing, banana bread and a latte. But the, <laughs> a friend of mine from Australia came to visit me yesterday. A friend of mine, he's a, he's a rapper uh, named D minor. And um, he came to visit me yesterday. I was telling him and I'll tell you, like, I dream about it for a year now, but like when I get back there, I tell people I'm going to land. I'm going to go to my, my Airbnb. I'm going to stay at the same place. I always stay at the people. The people are so nice. They're holding it for me for three months. I'm going to go to my place. I'm going to drop my bags off. I'm going to walk downstairs because it's right around the corner from Bondi Beach. I'm going to walk around the corner. I'm going to sit on Bondi Beach and cry for an hour oh, and just sob like a child. I'm, oh, my baby. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back where I belong. I missed you so much. Yeah, no, no. We're doing something complete. We're doing something. We're doing something completely different. It's going to be exciting what we're planning. I, can- I don't want to say anything just yet, but it's going to be different. It's going to be different and it's only going to be four to five days only. It's going to be like a pop-up type of thing, but like really intense. It's going to be like five, like I, I've been, the experiment is happening here in LA with Jane's addiction, but my ideas are like, people don't want to go to galleries anymore. They want to go places and have experiential things they want. So we're coming up with ways of doing things that are interesting more than just photos on the wall. Awesome. And so mm. we're working real hard at coming up with some really creative ideas, performances, uh, artist talks, interviews, you know, all sorts of things, contests, just five days of crazy, you know, and I, uh, so I got some good people down there that are helping me with this. 
And you know, NFT, like NFTs are a big deal now and I'm doing NFTs the last couple of years. And you know, so we're going to have NFTs involved. We're doing, we're doing all, I mean, we have ideas. It's, we have all the ideas. You just need the money. It's not cheap. Yeah. You know, people think that's doing, (laughs) yeah. When I did George Michael, George Michael fans are my number one crazy fans. They're so passionate about George. Mm. They're my number. I call I rate the crazy fans and George's are number one. <laughs> when I did the George Michael exhibition, I got so many messages from crazy women fans of George Michael, you know, come to the exhibition in my country. I'm like, where are you? We're in Costa Rica. Come to, then there was Peru and Paris and you know, you name a country, I was getting emails and all these women, George Michael fans come. I'm like, you want to pay for it? I'll put the exhibition in your living room, but yes. you, it's not cheap. You know, right. they don't understand it's not cheap to do. So um, that's why we've been looking for sponsors for years and we still are. And, you know, I have a million ideas and I have I have 50 years worth of photography to play with. So it it's, you know, it's crazy. Okay, well, let me talk to you off air about a few of those things then when you're here because um, I'm, a, I'm pretty much of a doer. And I, I, I also I always tell my friends know me really well. I also, if you know any any uh, really, 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 really rich single older women, I'm more than happy to be have a sugar mama. So I'm really, I'm really, there. really rich. Yeah, really, really. I want an allowance every week. I want to be taken care of. Hey, I'd like to be taken care of by a really, really rich lady as well. Yeah, well, get you behind me, me first. <laughs> Sheila from Birmingham, Alabama. This is Susan from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, this is Maite from Montreal, Canada. This is Suzanne from Los Angeles, California. And that's a wrap. All right, B. Well, uh, fan engagement. Um, I know your voice is struggling today, but uh, I know we've been very, very lucky uh, to have fan engagers in and just to help you out a little bit. Uh, big shout out again to Darren. Darren uh, loves to uh, send me massive texts, which I do read them all, Darren. Uh, I'm probably a bit briefer in my replies, but I do love them and keep sending them and things. Uh, big shout out to Paul Buckley as well, who's been engaging on on some of the platforms with myself and some others. And also, look, hopefully a lot of people have enjoyed some of the uh, uh, regular little posts that I've put on our messenger site, B. Sometimes I go on these little tirades where I put three or four things up in an hour. Uh, and it seems people are enjoying them as well. So uh, hopefully we can keep doing that for you. Um, but over to you, B. Um, I'd just like to say hello to my gorgeous um, Lisa Mack. Um, mm. She's just sailed all the way up from Brisbane to Early Beach. And yeah. um, she messaged me to say that she's going to see the Don't Change Boys. And could I? And could she buy a new, another T-shirt, which I, we've, we've, um, she's going for a lovely little V-neck there. So I'm sending that up to her and some flyers. And then I know a few of you are going to see a few other bands and would like flyers. So if anyone's going out to see any um, In Excess tribute bands, let me know. Know, and I'd love to send you some flyers um, about the podcast because that will help us advertise as well. Um, I'd l- like to say hello to Andrew Everett. Hello, Andrew. Andrew's um, in the um, in the uh, back room, I should say, um, getting me a new um, 
a guest ready to come on, um, a lady, which is very exciting. Um, So that will be happening soon. Um, I just want to say hi to everybody, really. You're all absolutely gorgeous. You really all um, support me so well when I'm down and whatever. So thank you because it has been a bit shit lately with being sick. But I want to say there's some exciting stuff. We've got some new auction prizes off the back of um, my new husband. And... um, (laughs) (laughs) in a few weeks time so i'm so i'm so pumped when you told me about that and what that i'm getting married you want to be a power boy (laughs) of course yes i'm the best man at the wedding but um uh but yeah no you uh have look we've sent some things to some various people coming up the podcast Mm. all we can say is you're going to love them when we reveal them uh on the set episodes yeah loads of new prizes and got some nice competitions happening but i'm too too i want to go back to bed now can I go back to bed, please? Well, you can. So we're going to go with a little bit of a, a tribute uh, song today. And B, whilst I've been sort of uh, chatting away, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, with you, etc. cetera, there, um, I did have a certain sort of tribute song uh, ready to go. But in light of uh, just getting you back to a full set of health, I thought I would come up with something uh, refreshing, something timely and something <laughs> upbeat. Can I share it with you? Go on. So B, this song is going to start off with a very familiar lyric, but it applies to you. Get better soon. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everybody. Sleep and sleep. Now that the night is over. And the sun comes like a dawn. Into our
Listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B.
this is the Dutchie, and you've been listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B.